0: That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S code SUPER24.
1: Tulsa's election headquarters, News 1023
2: KRMG. One week, one day, until Election Day in Oklahoma, and the race for governor between Republican Kevin Stitt and Democrat Drew Edmondson right now statistically too close to call. The nonpartisan Cook Political Report lists the race as a toss-up as of Friday. Edmondson continues to tie Stitt to sitting Governor Mary Fallon, though Stitt continues to try and distance himself.
3: Uh, we're all going to come in there together, and I'm going to believe totally different than it's been done in the past. And
2: Edmondson continues to appeal to voters of both parties, saying he's the one who can bring change. If
3: you're serious about
2: solving these problems, then I'm ready to go to work on it. Bottom line, it's definitely still a race with just eight days left. Russell Mills, News 1023, KRMG. Issues that matter to you. Expanded. On the KRMG Morning News, 8 a.m. In-Depth Hour. And for the next hour, joined live in the studio by Republican gubernatorial
3: candidate Kevin Stick. Good morning. Good morning. Glad to be here. Does this feel like the longest job interview ever, <laughs> man? It's been a uh, it's been a long time, and uh, we've been running at this I think for about 19 months. Um, so it's been, uh, but it's been a really fun experience for me. And and uh, uh, you know I've been to all 77 counties, tour in our great state, and. And it's really a maturation process that you're learning to be the governor and you're learning all the the details, the assets, meeting the people all across our state. And so we're ready to go when we get there uh, day one.
2: 77 counties. Uh, There has to be one county at least where you went in and went, wow, I
3: didn't expect that. Anything pop out? (laughs) You know, I mean, uh, a lot of things uh, over the last 19 months. I mean, over in the panhandle, just great people out there, very independent people, um, you know, just great agricultural industry, a lot of big cattle ranches. And so I've really enjoyed uh, getting to meet the folks out there in the panhandle. And then, uh, Southeast Oklahoma is just a beautiful part of our state. Boy, especially and, this time of year. Okay. Oh, it's, it's gorgeous. I mean, we've got some tremendous assets, uh, that we are not taking advantage of. I mean, I've, I've got, uh, you know, a lot of folks in Dallas that I hear from that are moving up and buying second homes. And some of our employees, actually, in other, par- other states are buying homes in Broken Bow. And it's just a great part of the state that we need to capitalize on with more tourism and, and, uh, and a more focus to drive more uh, uh, tourism dollars there.
2: What right now, as we sit here on October 29th, do you see as the number one issue in the campaign? <clears throat>
3: You know, to me, it's it's a, it's a clear distinction. I mean, the guy I'm running against has been in state politics since 1974. He's part of the crew that's driven our state to the bottom. Uh, if you look on his website, there's no talk about growth. There's no talk about how do we get our economy growing. How do we how do we broaden the tax base? And as a business person, I understand we have to grow. We have got to be, uh, you know, very um opportunistic and and to to uh creative to bring more industry here we've got to make sure regulators are working with industry because at the end of the day we've got to make sure that our kids have a brighter future and that that comes with great jobs and um and and the economy booming and other states around us the reason i'm running for governor is i have businesses in 41 states and i see what's happening around oklahoma and there is no reason that our state is being left behind. We're at the bottom of all the categories we should be at the top at. And if we keep electing the same political elites that have driven our state to the bottom, nothing's going to change. And that's why I raised my hand 19 months ago and said, listen, we can do things differently. We need an outsider. We need someone with with a fresh approach, innovative ideas to turn our state around. And I'm not getting that from the other side. Of course, Mary Fallon has had her hands on the steering wheel for
2: several years now. Uh, Do you, did... Your opponent, of course, has tried to tie you to Mary Fallon. You pointed out you're a very different person. However, do you think Mary Fallon has done a good job?
3: You know, there's a lot of things I would do differently than uh, than Governor Fallon. Uh, and, and in fact, one of my biggest things is just our structure of state government. There is not, there's nobody's held accountable. There's no transparency. There's no accountability than what I'm used to and how we deliver services and my opponent has said he wouldn't change anything with the structure of state government. That's a huge difference between him and me, and uh, he's more like Mary Fallon than anything, because we've got to run our $20 billion budget efficiently and effectively. This is about delivering services, so I want your listeners to know that if they are, you know, if they're uh, dependent on services, then I'm their guy. And then if you're a taxpayer, a business owner, I'm your guy because at the end of the day, taxpayers want to make sure that their dollars are being used efficiently and effectively. We need some change. You can watch
2: this interview right now, this entire hour on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash KRMG Tulsa. We're streaming it from our studios. And of course, uh, if you miss any part of it, we'll put it up as a podcast uh, later on today. And uh, Rick Corey is with me as well.
4: As a matter of fact, if you want to ask questions on that Facebook uh, page, we'll be able to answer those or get those answered for you from Kevin. Kevin, I've been around you several times now, including after the vice president. And one of the things I ask is something Dan just asked, which is how delicate is it to try to separate yourself from a GOP candidate and at the same time try to be the GOP candidate? Has that been at all difficult? You know, I I think if I was a a political guy, it would be difficult, but I just tell
3: Oklahomans the truth. Listen, we we need an outsider, and I have never uh, ran for office. I've never been a state senator or anything like that, never held an office before. Uh, I've been a chief executive, and that is what our state needs. This is the role of the governor. The governor is supposed to hire the right people, set the vision and the strategy, get the accountability right, and basically get our $20 billion budget on target. Get that into the roads and bridges and our healthcare system and our education system. You have to, you know, as a chief executive, you have to define the question, what are we trying to accomplish? And then you get everybody aligned towards that same goal. This is not rocket science. There is a reason why... Uh, All these other states are beating us in in job growth. There's a reason why we're 45th in education outcomes. There's a reason why our roads and bridges aren't up to par. We have poor leadership. And so I understand that. And, uh, you know, my opponent keeps trying to confuse people and tell them that uh, I'm like this or I don't like teachers and he's running, he's spending $2 million, but Oklahomans are too smart to listen to a 30-second commercial about, uh, you know, what he's trying to brand me as because
4: they know that he is the career politician that we don't need more of. You know, one of the things you just mentioned was moving things forward and, and trying to get better at things. I think Tulsa is a really good example of that right now with G.T. Bynum running things as the mayor. I just got off phone with him about 15 minutes ago he's going to be one of our analysts election night and he's very he's not endorsing anybody but he's really interested in who wins this race can you take a look at some cities like Tulsa and like what you know, what was done in Oklahoma City in the last several years and can you take that business model statewide
3: you know I think I can and, and uh, you know Oklahoma City has done a great job of uh, you know uh, investing in some downtown things and and uh um, you know, getting getting uh, you know the, the, their waterway fixed and getting their downtown revitalized, and that's really attracting businesses. Um, we need to do more of that in Tulsa. And so, I think a huge asset that Tulsa just opened up, obviously, is the gathering place. Yep. Um, but also, you know, some of this is speed of permitting. When I look at how Oklahoma is ranked on on um, you know business friendly states, we're usually number thirty. And there's just some small little tweaks that we need to do to get us up to the top five. Uh, We've got to expand commerce. We need a governor's closing fund. Uh, We need to make sure that uh, we are uh, highlighting where our strategic advantages are. That's what you do in business. And we have the best location of any state in the country. I mean, we are dead center located in the middle of the U.S. Uh, We've got great utility prices. If you're a manufacturer, this is the best place to be. If you're in aviation, this is the right spot to be. Uh, if your distribution, this is the right spot to be. I met a a company in uh, Enid, Oklahoma that invested $1.3 billion into their new facility there. And I was asking the executives, why did you choose Oklahoma? Because they had five other states to choose from, different sites. And it was because of our utility prices. It was a huge advantage. And and we've got to go sell that and go identify the businesses that can take advantage of of our strategic advantage and and bring and recruit them here. Although, (coughs) at the same time, our infrastructure, is crumbling.
2: Our bridges are in terrible shape. Roadways, uh, for the most part, are
3: horrible compared to other states around us. We really need investment in our infrastructure, don't we? Yeah, you know uh, the the bridges. Um, so ten years ago, they were one of the worst in the nation. So the 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 legislature is focused on that, and we have what's called the roads fund, and it's it's fully funded now at five hundred seventy five million. And within two years, we're going to be top 10 now in bridge conditions. Mm-hmm. So my plan is now we've got to connect the dots. We need to be top 10 in pavement conditions. And that's in my plan is to make sure now we connect the, uh, the bridges in the pavement side. Uh, so bridges have really, we've re- really focused on that issue. We've revitalized them. And now we need to do that same thing with pavements because infrastructure uh, is a huge economic driver. And, you know, I just built an 86,000 foot building. Where did I build that? I built it right off Highway 75 right? Because that's where the infrastructure is. The best infrastructure creates the economy. That's where businesses want to be located. That's one of the huge factors. There's not one lever on how to move our state forward. There's a bunch of them. And you got to have a business guy with fresh approach and somebody that understands how to uh, lead across multiple facets. And this is, again, it's a chief executive role. We don't need an attorney uh, that's been in politics since 1974 and expect some kind of magical difference. Republican gubernatorial candidate Kevin
2: Stitt is our guest for the hour. It's a special KRMG 8 a.m. in-depth hour. We encourage you to hit the open mic button on the KRMG app with your questions for candidate Stitt.
4: Mr. Stitt, how do you combat the commercial that's basically saying that you are against schools and such where they're tying you to fallon where she signed something but you'll be worse than fallon how do you combat that
2: i touched on that a little bit and you really you you haven't shied away at all in your campaign from answering some of these tough charges in those ads
3: sure yeah absolutely well here here's the deal in in my heart uh breaks for the teachers that uh, when I first got in the race and I found out that we didn't pay our teachers what market was meaning what we didn't pay our teachers what they did in Texas Kansas Arkansas I, I was the first Republican candidate that said that's wrong we have to pay market and and I want to remind all the listeners that it was the Republican legislature that led the effort and actually took our teachers to number two now in the region so don't let him confuse Oklahomans our teachers are now paid number two in the region and in my education plan I, I want to actually move them to number one in the region and pay, it's just small little lift, and it's only going to cost it's it's a small lift, and it is going to it's going to go a long way though to let our teachers know that they're valued, that Oklahomans are focused on education, so everything starts with a with a goal and a vision, and in a state administration, we are going to be top ten in education. And and I want to tell I want to the other thing I'd like to tell the caller there um, is that we also have to focus on not only common ed which is K through twelve but also career techs and higher ed and we fund all those as a state but we're not forcing collaboration we're not really focused on getting our kids ready for the workforce so let's define the issue the issue is to get our kids ready to be successful uh, uh, adults in the workforce whatever that is. Because here's the, fo- here's, the, here's the facts. Only 45% of our high school kids go to college right now. But everything is geared towards college. And I want more kids to go to college. But I, am, as governor, am not going to ignore the 55% that don't go to college. Because there are fantastic careers in, in computer programming, uh, machinists. I meet companies all over that can't find enough welders and machinists and all those kind of things. And here's the facts. Uh, Google, Apple, IBM, three major companies, you know what they've said? They've said they're not looking. It's not a prerequisite to graduate from college. They're looking for computer programmers. So we have to do a better job of aligning and giving every kid, and it's in my education plan, a career academic plan, so they have a hope and a future because we can do it here. Gubernatorial candidate Kevin Stitt, the Republican with us for the
2: entire hour.
3: We tell you the three big things you need to know
1: every 15 minutes, all day. Now, back to the KRMG Morning News, 8 a.m. in-depth hour on
2: News 1023 KRMG. Republican Supernatural candidate Kevin Stitt is our in studio guest, taking your questions via Facebook via the open mic button on the KRMG app as well. We've we've touched a nerve talking about tolls. Mr. Stitt, one of the problems with Oklahoma is the price of commerce to come through Oklahoma. We are one of the most tolled states in the Union. What is your comments about that good morning fellas good morning mr kevin stitt i'd like to ask you a question uh, specifically for tulsa on the oklahoma turnpike authority you have to pay to come into tulsa you have to pay to drive through tulsa and you have to pay to leave tulsa what can we do to help our beautiful city out in regards to this and uh, business growth
3: do you advocate getting rid of the tolls you know uh, i'll ser- what i advocate for is making sure that there's transparency and there's accountability and i get all those dollars into our roads and bridges and so everything has to be market uh, i've met with the the, the toll the uh, turnpike authority and also odot and I'm looking at how we can put those two together or how we can look at efficiencies to make sure that we're spending those dollars into our uh, system. So right now we have the, the Turnpike Authority has bonded $1.2 billion and they're updating different roads. And we have this cla- cross-collateralization where they can use tolls from one place and then open up a Turnpike somewhere else. So I really want to be cautious about open up a new, opening new Turnpikes uh, but the fact of the matter is, they, there's about $300 million that gets spent on maintenance in our turnpikes today that would be pushed over to ODOT. Uh, so I've got to look at that whole thing and make the right decision I mean, for it, Oklahoma.
2: At the very least, you would think that the main route between Tulsa and Oklahoma City, the Turner Turnpike, that one could be free and open to the public and, and use revenues. If they can shift money around, use yeah. revenues from other parts of the state because Certainly, that is the main lifeline of the state between Tulsa and Oklahoma. State. Well,
4: and they told us after the fifties it was going to be paid for
3: and free. I mean, right. for goodness sake! And, and what happened was, um, and I've done a lot of research on this. After when it was when it was put in place in like nineteen forty-seven, when they started on that, it was supposed to be free. But then they came back and, and passed a law just shortly thereafter in the early fifties to cross collateralize those dollars. And so now it's never been paid off, so basically they're using the money there that makes sense, stuff. and then they're doing they're building roads or turnpikes in areas where it probably doesn't make sense. you don't have the traffic to actually pay those roads off, so then that's uh, that's the rub. But we've got to be smart about that about forty percent of the, the traffic is from out of state, and other states have them. other states are by, are building infrastructure with toll roads um and so again there are other areas other ways to get to every location obviously with free roads uh, but the main thing with me is let's make sure that we're market that we're not like what one of the callers said that Tulsa gets trapped when when you come in or leave Tulsa you got to pay tolls. So is that the right way to do it? Where Oklahoma City doesn't have that or some other sta- other cities? But let's make sure that those dollars are accounted for and they're into our roads and bridges. And that's what I want to make sure. I think like, I want to get through the re- get rid of the red tape and get those dollars into our projects. So we got to about thirty seconds
2: before we have to break. We're getting a lot of questions via Facebook. Let's not- one out before we go to the break.
4: Uh, this one it may it may take longer than thirty seconds. Healthcare in Oklahoma. Someone's saying on Facebook that not accepting Obamacare hit a lot of Oklahomans. How do you fix state healthcare, man? I I need more than thirty seconds on this. One.
2: Okay, I tell you what. <laughs> let's take the break now. We will get into healthcare and your questions on Facebook after this. Tulsa's election
1: headquarters. News
4: 1023 KRMG.
2: Eight days away from election day, and we have found something the two leading candidates for Oklahoma governor agree on.
4: Both men telling KRMG they're running because they don't like the direction the state of Oklahoma's been heading. Drew Edmondson is the Democratic candidate and former attorney general of Oklahoma. I could not in good conscience continue to sit back and just complain. And even though he's the GOP candidate to replace a Republican governor, Kevin Stitt's not shying away from saying he believes there needs to be change.
3: Bringing some business principles and focusing on getting our economy going and I think we can really do it.
2: KRMG News Times 833.
1: Issues that matter to you. Expanded. On the KRMG Morning News
2: 8 a.m. in-depth hour. And spending that hour this morning with Kevin Stitt, the GOP candidate for Oklahoma governor. And before we went to that uh, rather long break there, um, the question was, uh, how do you fix health care in Oklahoma? And
3: strangely, you needed more than 30 seconds to answer that question. (laughs) Yeah, go figure. So you got 45. Go. Well, you know, first off, you know, we've got to reform how we're delivering those services. So this is what I want everybody listening to understand. You know, uh, the Healthcare authority is a five and a half billion dollar state agency, five and a half billion. It's grown from three billion to five and a half billion over the last 10 years. One of the largest increases in revenue out of any agency. The governor, though, has no authority of how we're delivering those services. We're the only state, all 49 other states, give the governor the authority to appoint that person and make sure that they're delivering good services. So at the end of the day, we've got to make sure that our dollars are getting into our rural hospitals and getting into our healthcare system and our nursing homes. And here's a perfect example of how this is messed up in our state. Um, You know, our nursing homes, for example, we've lost 20% of them since 2005. And, and when, I, when I look at that and I ask myself why, well, our reimbursement rates are less than the other states around us. This is not normal. We should at least be able to deliver the same services the other states around us. Folks, we don't have any different issues than any other state in, out of all 50 states. So why are we doing it wrong? It's a structural problem. So that's why I'm asking for the authority to hire and fire uh, the agency heads. I want them reporting to me, the governor, not to be a bad guy, but to deliver the kind of services that we're all used to End of the day, this is more like running a business. We have to get those dollars into the projects.
2: Man, resting control from bureaucrats. <laughs> what What are you thinking? How How can that possibly happen? That's a that's well, it's going to hurt
3: it, it's going to happen. Uh, you know, th- we, we all saw last summer the the health care department, which is different than the uh, health care authority, okay? Uh, we've got too many of those agencies, number one. Right. But the health care authority lost $30 million. Remember that? Then they laid off 200 Oklahomans right before Christmas. Then they found it in a slush fund. They were they were running two sets of books, kind of, and they were hiding stuff. And and the legislature was so frustrated that they gave the next governor, I'll be the first governor that gets to appoint that department. But that's only a $400 million agency. And we let a $5.5 billion agency do the same things, if not worse. You see what I'm saying? My opponent has said there's nothing wrong with the structure of state government. That's more like our current administration and the the administration before that than, than I ever will be. Because at the end of the day, that is the major problem. We don't have any different issues than anybody else. Why are we at the bottom? Folks, we're at the bottom because we do things different and backwards from compared to all the other states i'm going to bring a fresh approach fresh set of eyes we're going to fix these problems and we're going to have top 10 outcomes now i could go into more detail about uh you know auditing the medicaid rolls we got to get people off the system we got to have work requirements in place you know we've got to get people back into the workforce so that rolls right into getting the economy growing as well which my opponent doesn't even have it on his website uh, an attorney or a career politician doesn't know how to talk to business owners. Doesn't know how to get uh, pro-business policies in our state. It's totally different than me. But that also flows right into healthcare as well.
2: Well, let's shift the the healthcare focus just a little bit over to our veterans. Couple of questions via open mic.
4: I'd like to know what you're going to do to uh, help veterans uh, with healthcare and help uh, veterans with finding jobs.
1: Yes, I'm just curious. How can How can the state help the VA system speed up medical attention for people that have
3: to wait so long?
2: So really there are two very different issues here, overall treatment of veterans in Oklahoma and health care specifically.
3: Yeah. You know, first off, uh, my dad was uh, was in during Vietnam War, and my granddad fought in World War II. And, uh, m- you know, I, I, we have the utmost respect for veterans. And in our state, we've got to make sure that they have the quality health care that they need. There's eight different um, uh, VA hospitals in our state, and we have to make sure that those folks are getting the care that they need. So this is, again, about delivering services. Uh, i want to make sure that those eight are taken care of them but also the v- the veterans also have ability to go to other hospitals as well um, and so we've got to do that and then back to the the uh, how do they get better jobs this is about getting our economy growing once we have uh, more jobs and the economy's growing then that helps wage earners wages go up more people have opportunities Uh, It's a it's a huge focus of a state administration is being top ten in growth, and I'm going to go directly to the people and say, hey, here's where we're at compared to all the other states. Here's how you're going to judge us. Here's how we're going to move our state forward, Um, and 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 we've got to do it. So I've looked at. Uh, right now, our, our outcomes with veterans is not acceptable to me. And this goes, and this is why I need the authority to run the VA department. Because right now, there's a board and commission and 400 different boards in our state that hire the people that run these different agencies. If you want change, I've got to make sure that we can deliver that change and get those dollars into the care of our veterans, folks. That's the, that's the biggest difference between me and my opponent. He doesn't think anything's wrong. He just wants to tax everybody more and think that's going to solve all the problems. We have a structural problem that I want to change in our state.
2: Uh, a question on Facebook, and you can submit questions uh, via facebook.com slash Tulsa. You can also watch this 8 a.m. in-depth hour. We're streaming it live to our Facebook page right now. Uh question says, I'm a deputy sheriff in a rural county, and every day uh, the level of poverty and drug abuse that's been caused partly by the current administration on both state and federal levels... Uh, My question is, what will you do for rural Oklahoma? And the the, uh, question states, that includes pretty much everywhere outside Tulsa and Oklahoma City. Yeah,
3: You know, this is, again, uh, so a couple things. He had some social uh, questions on the drug use. And uh, let's just talk about that real quick. Uh, You know, as governor... You know I want to go to all seventy seven counties um, and I want to bring the community leaders and the pastors together and the nonprofits together and and I want to focus and break their goals down by that just that county and we can say I don't know where he's calling me from but Roger Mills County in western Oklahoma and just say, hey here's our drug use here's our teenage pregnancies here's our high school dropouts um, here 's our unemployment here 's the drug use let's let 's come together as a community and let 's start talking about this. How can we fix it? How can we re educate this next generation because if you get married and you wait and you get a job um, before you have children, did you know your likelihood of being in poverty is just almost nil so we 've got to educate uh, and we 've got to talk about. Uh, real solutions and get folks, uh, you know, and, and with jobs and with the economy moving and those those young people having a having a hope and a future, then they're not going to get into the drug use. So I don't think you can pass a law in Oklahoma City or Washington D.C. that can turn that around. I think that is a community issue, an educational issue, a family issue that we have to focus on to to really move the needle and get outcomes. But do, do you have anyone in your immediate family
2: or in your 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 circle who, you know, has been impacted by the opioid or the meth epidemic in Oklahoma?
3: Absolutely. Yeah. And, and something my, my wife's platform, she's really focused on is, is mental health. And she's had several family members, uh, that, uh, uh got into drug use. And, uh, so it's, it's, it's affected every family in Oklahoma. Yeah. I think every single person knows what happened when they, when a kid in high school gets off into the wrong crowd and, And starts using drugs, and the the spiral out of control. We've got to catch them earlier. We've got to educate them right, Um, because it is it is an epidemic that we will put, uh, uh, you know, we'll have a focus on to to actually move that forward.
1: tell you the three big things you need to know every 15 minutes all day now back to the krmg morning news 8 a.m in-depth hour on news 1023 krmg
2: all right we got like three four minutes at most with kevin Stitt left here a bunch of uh, open mics and facebook questions to get to go ahead
4: all right so somebody asked about the grocery tax on or the tax on groceries if you would be up for eliminating taxes on groceries yeah, you know, I want to look, look
3: at uh, I want to look at all of those things and and make sure we're market uh, with other states around us. So I know other states, Texas, doesn't have those type of uh, taxes on groceries. And so uh, again, this is about managing a budget. This is about delivering services. This is about making sure that we don't have we're not outliers compared to other states. Whether it's uh, you know. Creating businesses, or it's our tax structure. I've got to protect industry to make sure that there's a level playing field. No industry ever has a reason to leave our state. Uh, But I'm not going to pick winners and losers, and that's been happening too much. That we pick favorites. And as governor, I tell people I'm going to be the governor for all four million Oklahomans. And and when you're an independent thinker and somebody that's from the private sector coming in to run state government, you really can be moving our state forward and always making the hard decisions for the for the next generation without regard to the next election. That's how I'm totally different than my opponent who's been in state government since 1974.
0: Would you pass constitutional carry that Fallon vetoed?
3: Uh, yeah, from the very beginning, I've said, listen, we, we are. I'm a constitutional conservative and I'm not going to pick and choose uh, You know what part of the constitution that I'm going to uphold. And uh, as governor, I believe that we have to have the right to bear arms and the best defense for a bad guy with a gun, is a good guy with a gun
2: part of the constitution is the first
3: amendment uh is the press the enemy of the people (laughs) no we've got to have a free and independent press uh we've got to make sure that uh, we have religious freedoms and so
4: that's the first amendment and and, uh i'm gonna uphold that we did get a question about vaccines because i know you've heard that an awful lot Uh, there are people that say that that's a big issue are you hearing it as well
3: Well, my opponent has tried to make it a big issue, but uh, uh, here's the truth. I've vaccinated all six of my children And uh, what I said was, that is a choice. It's a medical procedure between a parent and their pediatrician. They need to consult their pediatrician. And I don't propose changing Oklahoma law at all. And it's actually the exact same position that my opponent has uh, on vaccinations. And so, again, uh, they just try to – what I found out in politics is when your opponent or his his supporters want to get him elected – Uh, that side just starts lying about me and uh, but Oklahomans are too smart for that they listen to the truth they understand Uh, I'm an Oklahoma guy that uh, has grown up here I've got six children uh, vaccinated all six of my kids and but I'm not gonna uh, I I believe it's between a parent and their pediatrician your opponents also gotten a lot of mileage out of uh, sanctions
2: that your company's been hit with in other states Uh, I think the word shady or shadiest is used in a couple of Edmondson's ads. You want to respond to that?
3: Sure. Yeah. Typical politicians, he's down in the polls and he is throwing everything up against the wall to see what will stick. And I'm so proud of our our company. We employ 1,200 people. We do 3,000 home loans a month. It's a great homegrown success story. So for a guy like that to try to tear down an Oklahoma company, I just want Oklahomans to know that's the type of leader that he's, he wants to be, and, and, and that's disgraceful. Um, you know, uh, we've, We have to get audited in 41 states every single year, plus Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Jenny May. I make payroll for 1,200 people, and we've paid fines here or there in these, in these other states. I hold people accountable when they don't follow our, our policies, and I'm going to hold people accountable in state government. Uh, And this is coming from a guy who's never even signed the front of a paycheck. And we're asking him. He wants to be our chief executive officer. I I think Oklahomans are too smart for that.
2: Our guest for the hour has been Kevin Stitt. We have asked Drew Edmondson. In fact, we asked him to be on this hour. And we will uh, allow him to be on for an hour whenever he wants to be. But so far, we've not had any luck nailing that down kevin thank you for being here we
3: appreciate Oh, it's it. my pleasure thank you guys so much and let's go win this thing on november 6th i want all my supporters to text and email their friends and let's get them out to the polls
0: and oklahoma's turnaround starts right here right now spring is that you warmer temps mean new albert styles meet the new super light collection the lightest ever shoes from albert's now in fresh colors these must-have travel shoes have a lighter than air feel and barely there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever